Blog Talk Radio. everyone. This is the May 15th, 2015 edition of Don't Let It Go Unheard, where we discuss news, politics, and sometimes culture from the perspective of Ayn Rand's philosophy. I'm your host, Amy Peikoff, and I'm hoping that joining me soon by phone will be cartoonist Bosch Faustin. I want to ask you guys here in the chat room over at Blog Talk Radio, was the intro music sound better this week? I know we've got the improved sound in terms of hi-fi with my mic and my voice, but I also should have achieved a uh, better quality sound through the uh, intro music as well. So go ahead and let me know if that worked for you. We've got Just Gene and Freedom Breeze and Steven and AC Craig and PA, John, our Chief Justice, John Roberts in the chat room. Good. It sounded good. Yeah, a lot less static. That's what it should have been. So all I had to do was re-upload the music into the new Hi-Fi Studio. Selfishness in there wants some more Mace Spray. You know, you could buy, you could actually purchase the Jezebel's Mace Spray at Blog Talk Radio. And uh, you could listen to that all the time. So as you know, if you've been watching kind of the social media feed this week, sorry, I don't have a post on don'tletitgo.com about the show this week. I am still in the end of semester finals blahs. And in addition, I was doing uh, quite a bit of spring cleaning today. So I got myself really, really wrapped up in, in stuff. So I am sorry about that. But if you've been watching social media, I did decide on the title for this week's show several days ago. And it was actually inspired by, um, there was a tweet by Bosch Faustin last week. I actually think he may have phoned in. Let me go ahead and check and see if he's here on the line with us. Hi, is this Bosch? Yeah. Oh, welcome, welcome. So tell everyone how you're doing, how you've been doing over the last week, Bosch. I mean, good overall. As mm -hmm. I say, uh, you know, uh, like the New York Times said, free speech aside, so right. death threats aside, I'm doing well. Right. Yeah. So basically staying safe, being smart. Yep. Very good. Very good. I was telling them, I don't know if you were hearing when you were online there, that the title of this week's show, which is, we should never have to call ourselves, that's all in paren, radicals for free speech. It was inspired by a tweet that you had, I think it was sometime during last week, and you said, I'm a radical for free speech, right? Yeah. Right. And... I thought about it, and of course, by that time, it was apparent that anyone who actually holds free speech as an absolute principle, anybody who does that today 
is a radical, right? Yep. I mean, you if if you do that, then you are a radical. And I was thinking about that. I was thinking, okay, well, that's true. And then I was thinking about how sad it is, you know, and of course, I think you were inspired, Bosch, if, I, if I'm right, were you inspired by Ayn Rand who called herself a Absolutely. radical for capitalism, right? A radical for capitalism. Well, I, was, I was echoing her completely. Right. And, and it's understandable that if you say that you're for capitalism, you would also have to say that you're a radical, right? Because capitalism has never actually been fully 100% tried in the world. They always talk about the fact that we have capitalism, but isn't true. Capitalism is poorly understood. And so the idea that you would be a radical if you're for capitalism, it's understandable. It's not great, certainly, but it's understandable. Whereas if you have to say now that you are a radical for free speech, for free speech, that is yeah. pathetic. I mean, it is it just... Dams, it damns our age. It really damns our, our age when right. we have to speak that way. But I mean, that, that's something that just came out naturally as, as can be. I guess I was, I was thinking about Iron Man because capitalism is always on, under, under assault, even though it doesn't exist in practice today as it ought to be. And free speech is on the assault. And that's part of why, you know, I wrote that. Yeah, free speech is, is definitely under assault. And I mean, basically what you've been doing is calling out the media for yeah. its failure to stand up for free speech and, yep. and to do, I mean, there are many of, not many, okay, but there's a few, a few of the better thinkers out there have identified and asserted that the thing, you know, the Garland event, the Muhammad cartoon contest that Pamela Geller organized she just she did a you know a fabulous job that something like that is unfortunately necessary today in yes. order to stand up for free speech against a very real threat which is those people who would like to institute sharia law here in the United States and so this is what you know needs to be done and there are several people not so, I keep saying several a handful of people who have identified that that was precisely the type of event that is necessary, that must be done, and it must be done more. Maybe several. Is there several? How many? How many people have said that, Bosh? I guess so. I mean, I know that some objectives have clearly, but also Mark Stein, you know, who's one of the best. Well, and and also of... Eugene Volokh. I remember watching Eugene oh, Volokh yeah. on yeah, Megyn Kelly. Um, yeah. Also, I believe that Alan Dershowitz. Yes, he did. He described my cartoon beautifully, Eugene Bullock, as if you could almost see it on Fox News. Um, right. Which is which is excellent, which is excellent. And yeah. and the cartoon itself, of course, tells the entire story. Not that yeah. anybody wants to show the cartoon. Ridiculous. But so in terms of you haven't been doing all that much media because you made the yeah. condition, right? That people yeah. who don't show the cartoon are not going to be able to have yeah. you on. Yeah. And that's the only so, reason. That's the only, you know, that's the only, I mean, if you think about it, that, that would make good TV. Otherwise, it's a waste of time. Otherwise, they're talking around things and talking about the uh, the facility of the place, how many people were there. That is insignificant. The way uh, Greta Van Sussman asked me questions, it was insignificant questions. They didn't matter. And if we had our, our cartoon talk about it, then the then the, then the point is there. The point is made about the free speech issue. And still, regardless, mm -hmm. I kept talking about it. 
so yeah, I made I made my decision, and that was that. And uh, I'm clearly not gotten any any more offers. This is it is what it is. I'd rather have excellent TV, you know, um, appearance or none at all. Right. Or at least get get a good a good shot at it to having a good one. And uh, I I wrote uh, something about the uh, the U.S. news news media. I said we are all Al Jazeera now. That's the U.S. media. Mm. I mean that's that's where they are now. They are right. all Al Jazeera. There, Al Jazeera will never show that, and the U.S. media will never show that now. Well, I mean, and they wouldn't show it anyway, different. right? No, hmm? I mean, but then you know, the Blaze did show it. Uh, uh, Glenn Beck's Blaze showed it, and they showed it prominently. I saw the full video, which is like twelve to thirty minutes long. The interview, they showed that. They showed Pigman drones, which is really cool. And Dana Loesch did an excellent interview. It was, I think, it turned out great. If anyone saw it, um, I think it turned out great. Well, and for people who have not yet seen it, tell them about the piece that Mark Stein wrote. I mean, it's it's as good as it gets. Probably, you know, one of the, arguably one of the best outside of of objectivists who wrote the piece about this about the um, attacks and the follow up, and also the idea about about the uh, everyone if everyone published it, if everyone acted like Westerners. Uh, the, the Charlie Hebdo cartoons wouldn't be as isolated as they were. Um, us, I mean, we wouldn't be as isolated as we were the night in, in Garland, you know, Texas, if everyone was willing to promote this, to push it, to say this is our values. Right. These are our values. And uh, you want me to read a little from Mark's time? Well, I mean, give us, give, us, give us a highlight that was most gratifying to you. Well, I mean, just I mean, well, well, he uh, he mentioned me a couple of times. He showed two of my cartoons, which is fantastic. I mean, I, I love Mark Stein stuff. So just to see my name in a piece of his uh, was beyond gratifying. But he said one thing, just one little observation that is is significant. He goes um, that that my cartoon was less about Muhammad than about the prohibition against drawing Muhammad, and that's really the point. It was never, I never set out to draw Muhammad like, yeah, rah, rah, I want to draw Muhammad. Absolutely not. Uh, I never set no. out to draw him until the cartoonist started getting threatened and started being killed over it. So it's all the point to just show our culture, we can do this. We have the right to do this and to hell with what they say. And really to hell with what they do as well, because, uh, you know, Greg Van Susser has people, aren't you afraid? I said, sure. But part of why I do what I do is because we're threatened. That's part of why I do what I do. It's not just... Oh yeah. Well, once once start, they, once they start threatening, we'll just pull back and stop it. That's ridiculous. I mean, right. you know, they, I mean, our government isn't taking care of business, so we have to go out there. You know, cartoonists are in the front lines in a lot of ways right now. I mean, we're being butchered. I mean, thirteen Charlie Hebdo workers were massacred. Cartoonists. Right. They forced us into the situation. Now, now what? You know, so this week. You've had the highlights in terms of Mark Stein, who is a yeah. wonderful, wonderful Excellent. writer. That I mean, that that must be hugely gratifying for you. It is. Um, what other kind of pundits have been out there and have, have said good things that have really kind of you know made, gratified you, made you happy? I mean, well, Peter Schwartz wrote a really good piece, right? And he mentioned me and Pamela, and. Uh, I mean, I'll say again, I disagree with his term, Islamist totalitarianism, and I have many reasons why. If anyone wants to know, check out my piece, Calling Islam Islam, 
but he said some of the strongest stuff. And there was one one that they made, which you remember. You wanna? You want yeah, to I actually I actually shared it on Facebook, and so let me go ahead and grab the quote that I pulled out of it because it was just wonderful. Was he, he was talking about Garland. And he says it was not gratuitous, nor was its purpose to convey an insult. The target is too contemptible to warrant an insult. One does not slap the face of a mass murderer. Rather, the event was intended as an act of defiance, a declaration that we refuse to submit to the demands of Islamic totalitarians, end quote, which is what he calls them. And of course, then yeah. you and he can have that debate about yeah. you know, terminology, I, which you've had, you've had with your own before. Yeah. Um, I mean, well, you know, I, 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 under, I understand what he's doing. <laughs> I understand what he's doing. Yeah, but at the, but at the same time, I also understand your point that you always talk about, about Look, um, we don't, we, we, we don't say Nazi totalitarianism. No. I mean, no, we don't say Nazi totalitarians. We don't say, we don't say military, you know, communist totalitarians, right? We don't, it's right. unnecessary. And with this, it's, it's, it's unnecessary as well. You know, we, we don't have to, it's, it, it, to me, it's just unnecessarily complex. Un, and it, also one thing, I mean, just a simple thing, Islam versus Islamic totalitarianism, two syllables versus 11, you know, less syllables, more truth. And right. I, I was, it's, it's more proper to say fewer syllables, but that's too many syllables. So less syllables, more truth. But I, just, I, I really, I really, I really love the fact that he identified that, that this great. is defiance, right? And defiance, defiance is part of the American sense of life. If you have somebody, a, a would-be a totalitarian authority, as these people who are, you know, jihadists who are pushing Sharia are, right? Yeah. If you, if you have that, then the natural response coming from the American sense of life is to defy and say, we will not be controlled. We do not have our thoughts controlled. And therefore, of course, we don't have our speech controlled because the speech is the consequence yeah. of our thoughts. And and I, I mean, that was a really strong piece. It's called Defying, it Defying the Islamic Totalitarians. And you can find it at peterschwartz.com, and he spells Schwartz, S-C-H-W-A-R-T-Z. So peterschwartz.com. Just, 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 I mean, I, I will always keep on it. I, I will fight fellow objectives to the death about this issue because it's incredibly important. To me, it's just it's unnecessary to create terms. We have right. the terms. They exist. We have to identify Islam as such. We have to identify jihad and jihadists. So, you know, defining jihadists, first of all, is a more direct title anyway. Why not? But right. outside of that, excellent piece, as strong as it gets. And uh, I just, I mean, the pieces that have been written, I mean, by the by the good guys in this are, are really just uh, noteworthy because they're not that they're they're not that many. They're not that many excellent pieces about this, and they haven't been objectivists. In uh, the Others have right. talked. I mean, Mark Levin is not about the First Amendment. Well, okay. Now, in in the chat room, they're mentioning. Um, they've asked whether you've tried to get in touch with Larry Elder, Ben Shapiro, or Stephen Crowder. As far as I know, Ben Larry Shapiro Elder, has ignored it. What about Larry Elder? Yeah, completely. Ben Shapiro, whatever reason, I don't know why, but it's it's very cold. Um, Larry Elder tweeted my my drawing with some a quote. I think maybe one of my quotes, and Stephen Crowder showed my video, showed, sorry, in his video, he showed my drawing 
and passionately defended it. It was it was excellent. Didn't he He's have a video person. where he drew his own one or something? Maybe. Maybe. I could have sworn he also had a video where he drew his own Muhammad. He may have. I mean, he's he's out there. And in a sense where he's not very Christian, where he's very condemnatory of, of Islam as such, which technically speaking is not very Christian. It, now, it was, um, you know, what, what, did, what did you think? There was um, an SNL skit last Saturday. Yeah. And they had the contest where... I laughed out loud. So you liked it. Hilarious. Absolutely. I mean, people say, well, they didn't draw it. That's not look. This is SNL, the leftists. At least they took it on to some extent, to the impotent extent that they can. I mean, they're, you know, they're, they are leftists. But I love it because it does tell you the culture that we, it, it, it's a real snapshot of where we are. There are cowards across the board now who, are, who want to be, I mean, the, the enemy wants us to submit to their norms. And right. many people are doing it. Even the most, you know, uh, uh, I guess toughest, most truth tellers, like you know Bill O'Reilly and Laura Ingram. I'm being sarcastic. They are pathetic, and they've outed themselves. They're not. They're not freedom lovers. They're not. They are respectful towards evil. Now, here, here's something. Here's something, right? Because the the, the angle that I've been thinking about, kind of writing on this issue. I mean, there has been a lot of really excellent commentary and writing, and I almost feel like I don't have to do any. Um, you know, I, I had one unique thought for this evening, which is how horrible it is that we have to call ourselves a radical for free speech. And that's yeah. kind of my unique. But but the angle that I've been thinking about is the angle of integrity, the virtue of integrity. And for Rand, and I'm, I'm quoting here, just looking at the Ayn Rand lexicon, she said, integrity is loyalty to one's convictions and values it is the policy of acting in accordance with one's values of expressing, upholding, and translating them into practical reality. Now, let me ask you this, Bosch. Why do you think, and I mean, there's a number of people, like I said, who have reached this conclusion, but how would you explain the reason that it was necessary to have a contest event like Garland in order to further the policy of freedom of expression, a crucial American value. Why would you say that it is, it is necessary today to do something like that? Because, I mean, first of all, we're in the middle of a war. This is, this is wartime. Cartoonists have been targeted. Cartoonists have been massacred. We are the land of the First Amendment. We are the land of free speech. We are the only country that has that. And if we don't use it, if we don't practice it, if we don't express it, especially at this time, when the hell will we? We are, you know, it's, it's under assault. I mean, there is a hardcore pressure now to shut our traps. And our alleged allies are telling us the same thing. So we have to speak out. This is an evil. You have to speak out against evil. Whatever evil wanted to do, you have to do the opposite. It's almost by, by nature. You must, as a living, breathing human being who loves life, Evil tells you, you cannot do this, and if you abide, then you're part of that evil. You have given right. that evil a license on your life. You, you've given them whatever. Uh, there, there was one thing that Mark Stein wrote also. He goes, Miss, uh, Mr. Faustin understands the remorseless logic of one-way multiculturalism that leads to the de facto universal acceptance of Islamic law. And that's where a lot of these people want to go. Bill O'Reilly never, ever, 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 ever will draw Muhammad. Not even a doodle, not even anything, because he has respect for this evil. 
You know, and earlier probably, earlier this week, earlier this week, he had, uh, I think, said something to the effect of, you know, Jesus would not, right? Jesus would not draw Muhammad. What's supposed to say? What's it supposed to mean anyway? So well, what? and 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 here's the thing. So, I mean, to me, my response, and this is what I threw out there on Twitter, was that this is just one example showing that America is not in any fundamental sense, right? Not fundamentally a Christian nation. True, a majority of Americans identify as Christians, but Europe was Christian as well, okay? So the thing that is fundamentally different about America is not something that is Christian. It is something about individual rights and freedom of expression. So maybe, you know, probably Jesus wouldn't have have drawn Muhammad, you know? Yeah, but... But that, but that means nothing. I mean, it means nothing. Right. So what? If, if so, uh, he would have done a lot of things, Jesus. But, you know, Bill O'Reilly, uh, I don't know the details about it, but he had a poll out there basically to see if he was right or, or you know, Americans were right. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. And, and he was, and his, his poll, I mean, <laughs> people overwhelmingly voted against what he thought. Yes. And, and then and what he, he thought, apparently for the first time in history, he declared his poll invalid. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Because it didn't go the way he wanted to go. He's a, I mean, talk about, he, uh, he, he thinks about people bloviating. He's, he's the bloviator. He talks about yeah. pinheads. He's the pinhead. If you want to check out my cartoon of him, I, I've only made, well, he was in the, uh, the Infinite One. He'll be in the Infinite Three in a different form. But I made a cartoon. as one single one that I keep using the same thing because it's, a, it's that same arrogant, you know, little flabby face of his with, with expression. This guy mm-hmm. said, I don't believe Muhammad wanted to wage war against all everyone, you know. I believe Obama's honest. This guy's an imbecile. He's an absolute buffoon. He's a populist who lost even that. He lost right. even that. You know, he, I mean, meaning he's, he, he didn't know what anyone thinks anymore. And most America is for freedom of speech. Bill O'Reilly is not. Well, and there was a poll, and I remember sharing that somewhere on the Don't Let It Go Unheard page on Facebook a while ago, and there was a poll that said the overwhelming majority of Americans support drawing Muhammad cartoons, yes. which to me yes. is proof, again, of the American sense of life that we will defy. Now, let me tell you, you know, there is there is a difference, right? Um, between the type of cartoon that you drew, and again, I urge you go over to Bosch Faustin's Facebook page or go to faustin.blogspot.com. Actually, if you go to last week's show here on Blog Talk Radio, we have the Muhammad cartoon going through as part of the slideshow. So if you actually are, you know, if you listen on the website, Blog Talk Radio, you can see it there as well. But it's probably not the best place to see it because it's a slideshow. But yeah, you can see it on, on his blog. And it is simply making the point that supposedly, you know, again, did, did Muhammad exist? Go ask Robert Spencer in his book. Um, right. You know, did, did Muhammad actually say, you're not supposed to draw me? That's a whole nother thing, right? But supposedly the idea is that there is a prohibition in Islam that would come down, I guess, from Allah through Muhammad saying, do not draw Muhammad. And that's all the cartoon is about, that Muhammad is saying, you can't draw me. And then you say, you know, that's why I draw you. And that is it. There is not Muhammad having sex with a pig or not 
a weird character, you know, like a caricature of Muhammad, like pissing on something or any of the stuff that you could do. Right. And, and to me, you know, all the other stuff would be things that would needlessly offend what you might call the better Muslims. Right. But insofar as any Muslim would be, and I'm, I'm talking any Muslim insofar as any Muslim would be offended by the cartoon that you draw, that you drew, and the point that you're trying to make in that cartoon, I would say that I reject entirely their, you know, kind of idea of what offends them. Right? That that right. they have no, you know, in in discourse in a free country, you cannot have this idea of. Muhammad prohibits a drawing of somebody and that if you just draw it and that's all and you're just making the point that I disagree with this prohibition of drawing Muhammad that somehow that is offensive to a freedom loving person so anybody you know and and there are Muslims who here in the United States who you know are happy to be in the United States they're you know I I, I think you always talk about they're they're better yeah. than they're better than Muhammad in effect but Absolutely. you know the these people who are you know good people who happen to call themselves muslim they really should not be offended by the type of cartoon that you draw which is making this specific point you, nobody could go look at that and honestly say that you're out there trying to gratuitously offend people by drawing horrible scandalous images of their prophet it's not the piss christ you know no and that and that's the thing though it's like it doesn't matter what you do, though. That's the whole thing. It doesn't matter if it's tasteful. It doesn't matter if it's vulgar, obscene. The point is, you know, the idea is that we're renegades. We were all, the conceit of Islam is that we were all born Muslim. Me, you, everyone listening, we were all born Muslim. And we've been corrupted away from it. And when we do these things, we are like renegades. We shouldn't be doing them. It's not the proper way to behave. And so it, it, it doesn't matter. Uh, even how tasteful we do it. But yeah, Amer uh, American Muslims who were born and raised here, they've been, again, edified, enlightened. They're not very Muslim. You know, they're not like the like the savage, the savages who are more in sync with, with their own religion. Right. But there's a, there, there's a conceit, so it doesn't matter what it is. But for the more civilized Muslims, yeah, they, they, they can look at that and say, so what, no big deal. But they don't even get the point because the fact is we're not supposed to do it. And that's the whole thing. It's an absolute locked-in prohibition. No one can do it. Not Muslims, right. not non-Muslims. And if you notice, it's not even a point that Muslims won't eat pork. They don't want us to eat pork. Right. Muslims don't right. drink. They don't want us to drink. Muslims don't draw Muhammad. We better not draw Muhammad. So it's, it's that extreme, that kind of hostility where it's, it's just going to run everyone over. And, you know, the silence of Muslims, I have not gotten any support public support from Muslims about this. The only what what, has, what has Zudi Jasser said, if anything? Probably something lame. Uh, yeah, this should be allowed. Uh, he sucks. I mean, he actually, really it, it might, uh, it might be good. It might be good to see what he's been saying yeah, about, but I'd be, I'd be interested well, to see. Yeah. But you think about it. It's been a week and a half, two weeks. We don't know. It has not been significant enough to be known. If you understand what I'm saying. It well, but that be that could enough. be because the news doesn't want to give him any play. No, no. Because well, after yeah, all, Muslim, you're you're just no, but, you're just out to provoke yeah, but, and, and offend, right? Yeah, but yeah, but he's Muslim, you know, right? So why do why do respect him? Think about that. 
He's mm-hmm. a more civilized Muslim. He's, uh, I think, a doctor. He was in the military. He's against jihad, against Sharia, and he's allegedly for Islam. You can't be against jihad, Sharia, and be for Islam, but whatever. That's why I call his Islam, his form of Islam, is Zudi Jasserism. That's what it is. It's a, right. it's a subjectivist view. But objectively, he might be a decent human being, and he might have said something decent, but what I'm saying is it doesn't matter. Right. It doesn't matter. Um, because he doesn't, he, he doesn't, you know, he, he doesn't play in a Muslim world. No one listens to, to Zudi Jasser. He's, you know, he's, he's on his own. And it would, it would, it would just, it would just be good to see a lot more Muslims coming out in favor of doing it. Yeah. Now let me, let me, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. This is a question that's coming up over here in the chat room, blog talk radio. How do you feel um, when you hear a lot of news commentators refer to Muhammad as the prophet Muhammad while they're doing their newscasts? They, they, They might as well be Muslim. They might as well be Muslim by saying that, right? And also, there was, there was a time... You know what it is? It, 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 would be like, it would be like if they're reporting a story about Jesus and they say, our Lord Jesus Christ. Yes. Right? That's right. Right? Listen, they don't was, do that. Was, so if, was, if, they, they, if they were reporting if they were reporting a story about the piss Christ, they would yeah, say, okay, yeah. it's a depiction of Jesus and there's urine. And they wouldn't yeah. say, you know, like our Lord. And, and if you say the prophet Muhammad, then this is basically kind of like adding the Lord, right? Absolutely right. It's, it's, it's a submission in words is what it is. And uh, they, some guys in the BBC, I remember, I couldn't believe it, but peace be upon him. This is a newscaster, a legend, <laughs> Western you know, Westerner, peace be upon him. That's what Muslims supposed to say. Right. He thought he was being respectful, but he was actually just being a de facto Muslim. This is sick. I mean, this this is sick stuff. He deserves no respect. His ideology deserves no no respect whatsoever. And they keep giving it to him. And the enemy looks at this and they're dying laughing. Absolutely dying laughing. Now, you know, there's another question that's come up here in the blog talk chat room and Ron was asking, and I, I, have, to, I have to scroll up to see if I can see the exact wording because I think the exact wording is actually important here. Let me, let me see if I can get up to it. Okay. He says, if you draw cartoons and put your own life in danger, that is a rational choice you make. If you draw cartoons and it directly puts others in danger or death, does that violate their right to life? Now, I would say certainly if you draw a cartoon and coming out of your pencil are little missiles that directly result in other people's death. I mean, obviously that's absurd, but um, yes. Now, in the case of Garland, there was no direct causing of death. The intervening cause are irrational barbarians who decide yeah. that somebody drawing a cartoon is an excuse for them to be violent. Yeah. Now, this this idea that somebody drawing a cartoon is an excuse for somebody else to be violent is something that we reject as Americans, something Com- that we need completely. to fight as Americans. Completely. Um, what just, I do just, just as, just as when, um, you know, when Britain wanted to impose unjust taxes, what did we do? We go and we dump the right. tea. Did it result in violence? Yeah, directly, more or less, whatever. Um, but no, you need to do it in order to stand up for a principle. Now, the question is, are you standing up for the correct principle? And again, in this case, the whole issue is, do you understand 
that today, in order to fight for free speech, free speech events like what Pamela Geller hosted in Garland are necessary and that more and more and more of those need to happen. And and that that's really a question. Do you believe that in order to preserve free speech against this threat, that we need to take exactly this type of action in this type of way? And again, you know, the, the cartoon, it says it all. It was not gratuitous in Anyway, it was confined to this exact point that here in the United States, we have freedom of expression through words, through art, and that no expression, whether through words, art, you know, otherwise, should be met with violence. And that those people who mm-hmm. believe it, I mean, we, we reject that and we fight against it as, as a people. So I would say, no, it's not the person who's causing it. Of course it's not. The, it, it is the other person who adopts that standard who is causing it. And, you know, it, there was a cartoon. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry. There was a cartoon the other day, Daniel Greenfield, the great Daniel Greenfield put it on the point in front page magazine. He said it was one of the best out there. And it was uh, on, on the left panel. There's a cartoonist who drew Muhammad. He's walking away and he has a gun towards him. He drew Muhammad on the right side. You got the twin towers being attacked by the planes. They drew breath. Right. Um, they did. They did nothing. These savages will kill us for no reason. For some reason, for some concrete reason, for some they they want to kill us. For some pretext. That's it. Yeah. And every no, but everything becomes pretext after that because it's not because of Israel. They want to kill Jews, no matter where they are. If Israel did, 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 didn't exist, they wouldn't stop killing Jews. They would kill them until they're all gone. Yeah. This is this is what they do. So everything else here is to say, well, if you do that, we'll do this. No. Doesn't matter what we do or say, we are to be put under, under the under the sword and said submit or die. That's the standard. That is it. It doesn't matter. So this idea that I draw a cartoon, people end up dying. I'm responsible. This is sick. It gets outside the fact that what I do doesn't affect. Does cannot make anyone do anything else. What I my drawing can't make someone kill people. Kill me. It can't. No matter how pissed they are. Now, uh, Ron, Ron here in the chat room has come up with with something that I would say is the kind of lifeboat scenario and ethics of emergency question. And and it is that if there was a gun pointed at uh, another person's daughter's head, would you then draw the cartoon right then and there? And of course, in that case, you would not. Um, This is silly. what, what, What we're talking about is we're talking about the kind of event like Garland where Pamela Geller knew there was a danger of this. She took every conceivable step to make sure that those people who participated in the free speech event were protected and they were protected. So this is not that scenario. Um, Ron, Ron, uh, let let me just tell Ron though. Ron, Ron Ron needs, he needs, he needs to read ethics of emergencies by Ayn Rand. Yeah. This, this Ron um, will never draw Muhammad ever. He is already locked into the idea where I cannot draw Muhammad because it's too dangerous. I'm going to get people killed and myself killed, my family killed. And so he's long gone. He's already submitted to that prohibition. And those kind of questions, it seems like it's trying to justify, rationalize the savages. This is sick stuff. This is not to be respected, not to be taken seriously. This is a major issue right now. Cartoonists. cartoonists right. But I mean, the, the, one, the, 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 one, the one thing that he... That, 
right? Hold on. Cartoonists, okay, are being hunted down, threatened to be butchered. We have to stop. Right, right. We can do this. We should do this. They have to learn to stop what they're doing. They have to be killed. Not us. Those who want to kill us have to have to be killed. Yeah, those those who would initiate force merely because of somebody expressing an opinion, whether in words or through art. Those are the people who are in the wrong, and those are the people whom Americans have always rejected and always fought against. And we do see, you know, in some people now a very strong, you know, thread of the American sense of life that has come up as a very result strong. of this event. Yeah. But it's been very disappointing for many people, unfortunately, the reaction that we've seen. And so well, I've, you know I've seen this Sorry. event as kind of a litmus test. No, but it's like the, the Republicans, they suck. They are statists. The media now, they're almost all left. I don't care if they're even on the right. They're almost all left now in the behavior. Pope, okay, now, 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 now Ron here in the chat room is saying, well, we, we pay taxes because we are forced to at the point of gun. Yes, we do pay taxes. But where you must always draw the line, and, and Ayn you Rand know, always, let me Ron, answer him, let me answer him, let me answer him. Draw Muhammad right now. It's good for your mental health. Draw him right now. <laughs> while, you're, while, while you're in the chat room, draw Muhammad, you'll feel better. Go on. You'll feel <laughs> so, so, Bosch, I'm sensing, are you going to start like a new series of kind of psychotherapeutic webinars where you coach people to draw Muhammad? It's like cathartic. <laughs> yeah. It makes them feel, yeah, okay. Um, there, was, there was a video of me drawing draw Muhammad out there. Just check it out. It's a, it got a lot, of, a lot of views, too. There you go. There you go. No, but okay. So, so here he's saying, basically, um, in the, he says, you know, you do, you pay your taxes. And of course, Ayn Rand was also in favor of paying taxes. But the problem is that once free speech goes, then there is no idea of, okay, I obey these exactly. unjust, because what we have to do is we have to obey the unjust laws while we are fighting for them to be overturned and repealed and invalidated. Yeah. But if we no longer have free speech, we can no longer fight for these unjust laws to be overturned, repealed, and, and invalidated. So yes, I pay my taxes, everybody pays their taxes, you must pay your taxes in order to, you know, stay out of jail. Look, but as long as we have freedom of expression, then we have at least hope. I hate using that word hope. Hope is just a little look, bit better than sorry, despair, right? But but we have hope of, of getting a more just society. The enemy is trying to kill our our freedom. They try to kill our, our our free speech, and a lot of us are not defending it. Uh, far too many of us, from our government to the media. So it's going to come down to individual Americans who understand the value of it, who feel I have to fight this as I breathe. I have to do this if that's all I can do as a free American. If it's going to take me drawing Muhammad and sending it out there and sharing it, that's what it's going to take. We have to do it. We have to do it. This let me, let me, let me ask you this question, Bosh. Are you aware of anyone who you know, but was basically woken up and educated because of the events in Garland? I don't know about that, but I do know people are a little more willing to be critical of the reaction. Uh, people who loved Fox News are pissed off at Fox News for selling out, for selling out our freedoms. Not only 
look, those who make obscene drawings of Muhammad, they, they can make them. That's not my thing. I support them. Of course they can, they can do that. A, a pig having sex with Muhammad, they can do that. Of course they can. I don't have to support it. These guys are saying almost not just they're, – they're going to a point where we should not be doing that. That's crossing the line. Right. They're not saying, look, they have, to, they have the rights and all. They're saying that they could have done a better way. They never say what way that was. Uh, when people don't share my drawing, they say, well, there are many reasons not to share it. I said, whatever reason you got, the reason to share it trumps all those reasons that you don't want to share it. Because, again, we are under assault here. Not just right. by the enemy, but by our culture, by, the, by our government. Our government is pressuring us to shut up. And we can't do that on principle. We can't. This is it for us. Without that yep. free speech, we are done. And I'm sorry, you had, you had, a, you had a particular question. I mean, I'm answer. sorry. No, I think, I think we did address it. Um, now, Ron in the chat room says, we defend our freedom by using reason. One cannot use reason when confronted by the point of a gun. One submits or dies. The gun's any, not any... on you at all times, Ron. It's not, it's not on your head. Outside of the gun being on your head, you are free to act. You are free to draw Muhammad. The gun to your head, I mean, if you have a, a visible gun to your head all the time, you are in real trouble, Ron. Yeah, and, and, that, and that's really the thing. While we have the freedom, we fight to you know, uphold this correct principle and to expand our freedom. So with the freedom that we have, we use it to fight for more. Yes? And yes, and while we have it, because the fact is, it's diminishing. Our freedoms are diminishing. And that's when they got to be fought for even more than ever. What, this, what this, about this, the this, idea this, this that what, what, what about people who say, oh, you know, you could achieve the same thing in a different way and not attack <sighs> okay. it head on directly? Well, that's, I mean, look, I'm going to do it the way I do it. The most honestly, the most honest that I possibly can. Other people won't do it. They'll say that there's better ways and they don't name those ways and they never intend to, to practice it. They never intend to actually do anything about it. Bill O'Reilly would never, ever, ever, ever have created this event, this contest, ever. He would never have done that. He bloviates. That's his profession. He's, he's the professional bloviator. That, that's what he does. So it's absolute crap. Him and Laura Ingram, there are better ways. No, no, there is no better way. You need to tell the truth. And if the, if the truth about something that you're fighting is ugly, then that truth is going to be very ugly. And you got to learn. To I, so, I sometimes, again, wonder if any of those people actually saw the cartoon that you drew or I if they, they just no, assumed no, no. it was one that I, was being gratuitously offensive. I sent it out there. Yeah. No, no, they, they assume it's the, it's, the, it's the most vile thing in the universe because that's their, right. you know, their imagination. They are staying clear from it. If, they, if, if there's a message in an email that says, here's a cartoon, they're probably going to jump from their seat. They're, you know, Stuart, Stuart here, Stuart here in the chat room says, he says, did you notice that Bill O'Reilly didn't mention what he meant by, quote, addressing it in other ways? Now, I think no, I think no, he, no, he referred doesn't. to basically he thinks that whatever he's doing on the show is somehow addressing it. But I would submit Look, that, no, Bill O'Reilly's been doing his show for years and things are getting only worse. So I would yeah, I would say right. that that's not working. Yeah. Look, he's a he's a blowhard. He's a bloviator. He sucks, and he has said nothing except help the enemy. Fox News has helped the enemy, and people keep saying, well, they're owned by the Saudis. 
this a piece of crap bin 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 Talal from uh from uh he's she's a Saudi. He supposedly there was a report that he owns seventy percent of Fox News, then he owns six percent, and now he owns only one. And uh Ed who listened to the show was going back and forth and uh, I said, Yeah, and the the latest is that I think February, now he only owns one percent. And my thinking is that he doesn't need to pressure them anymore. The point right. was made. He owns them. They're locked in Islamophiles now. It's the Islamophile news network. And yes. I don't care if, if there are decent people like uh, Megan Kelly. She's been compromised because she has decided to stay with a company that refuses to defend free speech the way she does. So she's compromised herself. There was that one editor with Iron Rant, I think Macmillan, I forgot the name of the publisher, who's, who told his boss, if the Fountainhead is not the book for you, I'm not the editor for you. Right. And I'm not saying Meg Kelly has to do that, but man, if she did. Because she has, she has a wide audience. They might buckle for her. And if not, she could find a great job elsewhere. Start a whole new, an actual good, rock-solid competitor to Fox News that's far better. That is far more objective. Because we need that. You got Fox News out there alone. They think and then, they're like, and then the, they're, they're, is, they're like the Republican Party. Yeah, the question is, would Megyn Kelly even go for something like that? I mean, she has been the most you know, excellent in terms of getting a wide variety of, of valuable but guests. When she mentioned my cartoon and, 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 you know, people describe it for, to her, she knows she's cutting the truth short. She knows that. By not, by not displaying she, it. By mm -hmm. not showing it. And again, right. they're giving the enemy power every day. They don't show her. They're giving the enemy more power and they're giving the cartoon more power. I mean, those scumbags who came to murder us gave the cartoon power. The Fox news is giving the cartoon power. It's almost like this uh, subversive thing and people are like, yes, 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 they're sharing it. They're sharing it. And I mean, thousands and thousands of people are sharing it. And it's, it's, it's the idea where they're, they're going against something that's terrible and weak. Now, um, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow up one more time with Ron here in the chat room because um, I, I do need Is to refer him actually. Like Oh yeah, no, there there are some others. And actually, we've got the the VOR here in the chat room is talking about the importance of uh, in, in the long run educating on Islam's doctrine and scripture, so Absolutely. the public will make the politicians stand up for our Absolutely. rights. And and actually, the VOR, I think that Geller's event was an excellent perceptual level illustration of part. Yes of the doctrine that is held by those who are faithful, the Absolutely. most faithful to the religion. It shows that they I mean, are they, actually sorry, they willing put, to take up arms against those who point on commit the blasphemy. Yeah. They put an exclamation point on the event right. and say, yes, this is exactly what it is. And we did our part. You know, it's like, it's like they collaborated to make our right. point. Right. Now, let me let me just follow up one more time with Ron. Ron says his question was, if innocent others were under the direct threat of actual real violence or death, would you draw the cartoon? And oh, I would man. say no. If there is a direct immediate threat, of course, the person would not draw the cartoon. But that would not say anything but, about. No, wait, let me let me finish. Let me that would not say anything about the general principle and. All you need to do is go read Ayn Rand's essay. It's called The Ethics of Emergencies. And this is exactly the type of question, you know, if you have an intro philosophy class in most colleges, the first thing they talk about is one of these 
you know, divert the train problems or whatever. Um, you are working for a railroad and you see that a train is going down a track that if it continues going down, it's going to kill two people, but you have the opportunity to flip a switch and divert it. So if it goes over here, there's one person and which are you going to do? Are you going to switch it or you're not switch it? And let's talk about this for like five hours so we can figure out what our ethical principles are, right? This is the ethics of emergencies with that all these modern philosophers love to talk about yep. and they think it really shows you something about what your principles are. The type of example, Ron, that you're bringing up here in, in the chat room is not any you know, type of example that illustrates what your principles are of daily life. Really, when we're talking about principles of ethics and what you should and shouldn't do, there is at least a certain amount of ability to coexist peacefully with other people that is presupposed. Now, what we learned in Garland is that the amount to which we're able to coexist with other people peacefully has been greatly constricted, or at least significantly yeah. constricted, um, because we've seen, you know, people here in the United States somehow get motivated to go try and commit acts of violence against people who are doing no more than express themselves. But nonetheless, we are not in a lifeboat scenario. If you are in a lifeboat scenario, like the one you describe, Ron, yeah, of course, the person doesn't draw the cartoon right then and there. Of course not. That would be ridiculous. But that that's not what went on. The Fort right? Hood Butcher. Why did he kill those 13 people? Because they drew mama cartoons? Yeah. Yeah. They were infidels. That's it. That's why they want to kill us. This is the latest pretext. Oh, it's because you're drawing car cartoons. That's why. Right. Why right. fly planes into the Twin Towers? Was it a cartoonist? Would the Marvel Comics have their offices there? Did they draw Muhammad there? That's it. I'm it's not, this be is it. just the latest excuse. Like, that's why we're killing you, because you draw cartoons, and Bill O'Reilly and the other hacks are giving them license. I mean, see, hey, just don't, don't, don't draw Muhammad. You got you, you to gotta respect him. What, and, and, and he cites 1.5 billion Muslims. And first of all, he's the one who's making them into a monolith where they are all equally offended, which is absolute BS. It's just not true. It's just not. ISIS is enraged about it because they're savages. Uh, Western, um, you know, Muslims are not. They might not right. like it. Tough luck. So what? They've learned to take yeah. it to some extent. They they might not like it, but today now it is a point that apparently needs to be made. And the fact that the point needs to be made was proven in Garland. I mean, and that that's really the issue right By now. Stuart Stuart here in the chat room makes a good additional point. He's he's talking to Ron. He says that the problem is is that everyone if everyone refuses to stand up to the threat, then it normalizes and reinforces the threat. And that is what so Absolutely many people right. in the media are doing right now. Absolutely they right. They are normalizing and reinforcing that threat. Yep. They're normalizing this evil. They're normalizing this Islamic norm. They're trying to make their norms our norms, and it's impossible. We are completely at odds here. Right. You know, they, 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 uh, this one they referred to it, clash of civilizations. Walter Sultan said, no, this is a clash of civilization and, barbar and barbarians and barbarism. That's what the clash is. And they want to force us to do their bidding. And a lot of us are saying, F, no. And our government right. is saying, hmm. You shouldn't do that. The media, you shouldn't do that. We are Americans. 
we are Americans and we've been yes. acting like anti-Americans since not 11 really in a lot of ways, un-Americans. Bill O'Reilly, what he did the old days, un-American. Exactly. Un-American. Yeah, yeah. But luckily it appears that most people in America do not agree with him. Then the question is, no. how long can that American sense of life hold out while our educational institutions, our media, our culture generally keep trying to beat the American sense of life, not literally, but figuratively, out of us, you know, out, out of out of our minds. You know, Bosch, there's a couple other topics that I wanted to get to, mm-hmm. and we're actually getting semi-close to, uh, to nine here. Okay. So I wanted to go ahead and, and see if I could uh, get into those. One was sure. there's a couple of, of you know, you know, pieces of news with respect to privacy. One of them, of course, was the appellate court ruling. And we mentioned it briefly last week in which um, the appellate court held that the USA Patriot Act did not, in fact, authorize the bulk metadata collection program. And I had mentioned briefly last week that, um, you know, I thought that that was not a great ruling why? Because it's on the narrow grounds of whether a piece of legislation actually authorizes it. And I actually back up in my own thinking about this issue a lot further. And I say that it should not be up to legislators to decide whether they can collect all this data or not. And in fact, we need to get rid of the constitutional legal doctrine that allows Congress to decide these sorts of things, right? So I'm concerned that as that case then goes up to the Supreme Court, that the Supreme Court might not rule on the broader, more fundamental issue of the third party doctrine, which I've talked about so many times on this show. I think the third party doctrine should be entirely invalidated. And I have an article out there that is published now finally with St. John's Law Review. And um, God, I'm trying to think of of the actual title. It was like throwing out the the with the bathwater or whatever. Oh my God, it's, it's one of these long law review titles. But basically I talk about how we can eliminate the third party doctrine while preserving our government's ability to use secret agents and all the various types of investigative procedures that they should be able to use. And I talk about that in that article. Um, The other piece of news that was that this week, the House has passed the USA Freedom Act, which purportedly is supposed to curb NSA spying. And the House voted to pass this USA Freedom Act by a vote of 338 to 88. And if it also passes the Senate, what it would do, and of course, you know, Obama signs it, which I assume he would because Holder and them are for it, um, it would supposedly put an end to the bulk collection program. But what it would have them do is those records, you know, your metadata records, your phone metadata, would be retained by the telecommunications company. Of course, the government is telling the telecommunications company that they must retain these records. And in fact, as if I understand from Amash correctly, it would tell them that the telecommunications companies have to retain even more records than they were before, right? So it is, the government is forcing the telecommunications companies to retain the records instead. And then the NSA would have to obtain court orders in order to get it. Now, the only bit of better thing about this 
is that the NSA isn't bo both collecting and deciding what they can get into, right? Because Edward Snowden talked about those stories of the NSA, you know, tripping up over people's private communications and invading people's privacy all over the place gratuitously, um, be just because they happen to have it at their fingertips and people make mistakes and they come up on interesting things, you know, uh, I don't know, a woman and a man having phone sex or whatever it is that they're doing, um, that they could get involved in this. And so maybe it's better, you know, if, a, if Verizon has the data and then the government has to get a court order in order to, you know, access the data, maybe, maybe not. Um, but I would much rather see this as a constitutional principle. And then we could talk about in what cases they can go ahead and collect data on suspected terrorist targets. Because what I fear that they're doing now is they're collecting a whole pile of data about everybody and they have no ability to make sense of the data that they're collecting. It's not useful data. And of course, um, as far as I understand Obama, he's trying to make it actually harder to search all that data that's collected for information about suspected terrorists. It should be easier collect and search for information about suspected terrorists, it should be harder to collect data indiscriminately about everybody. So I think all of this is bad. And uh, Amash, Justin Amash has been really good this week about speaking out against the USA Freedom Act, because the idea is that the USA Freedom Act is further, um, you know, ingraining the principle that they have the right, you know, as legislators to control this data collection, right? Um, and at the same time, it's probably expanding and instituting some of the practices by this very piece of legislation. Um, so I think it's it's entirely the wrong direction. It's, you know, reaffirming the idea that legislators get to control. It, it's It's legislative whim right now. Our privacy is at the mercy of legislative whim, and that needs to stop. It needs to go back to the realm of constitutional principle. So I think both of those rulings, even though nominally they're against the bulk metadata collection program, both the court ruling and this passing the House in terms of our long-term privacy, any sort of stable sense of privacy that you have vis-a-vis -vis the government, wiped out. So that's what I had to say about uh, about that. Did I bore you to death there, Bosch? Huh? <laughs> Sorry. <That> was... <laughs> you were, do you were dozing off. Um, the only Listen, other... <laughs> George, Orwell in a, George Orwell said, in a time of universal deceit, telling the truth is a revolutionary act and a necessary act. But go on. Um, the thing I was going to tell you, which is awesome, is here in the chat room, you can't see it, um, they are drawing Muhammad using Excellent. emoticons, using emoticons. So some Bravo. of them are doing quite now, well. On, I think, hold on, hold on. I, I, you know, I should have a contest, wait, 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 wait. right? I should have a is contest. Ron, is Ron doing it? Ron's doing it too. Although wow. his, his, does, his does not look very much like... Muhammad. Well, he's, I, he's I would making say... sure. No, but he's, he's making sure it doesn't. <laughs> um, I, I think, oh, but they have some really creative ones here. Stuart. Stuart is uh, using the at sign for the turban. It's quite good. Nice. Yeah, Excellent. I like it. 
I like it. Bravo. So maybe maybe they can send it out to you on Twitter. You want to tell everybody what your maybe, Twitter is, Bosch? Please, if you can. It's uh, at Bosch Faustin. At Bosch Faustin. Easy, right? And then you can I go have, ahead and I have, say. I have, I have yeah, Freedom Breeze. Oh yeah, Freedom Freedom Breeze has a nice uh, idea for the turban too. It's the ampersand sign for the turban. Nice. That's pretty cool. Excellent. Ooh, and then the VOR is using a capital C with the number eight as the, the as the turban. Nice. Very cool. I like it. I definitely like it. Um, and then there were, oh, there's, there's just one other thing that I want to talk about. Well, actually, it's it's two, right? And and if you think that free speech is not under direct threat also from our government. What about the comment from Obama this week where he was saying that basically Fox News needs to report things differently? Mm-hmm. Do you remember yes, that? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, it, it, it was nothing having to do with the Garland issue. It was everything to do with his policies. And by the way, uh, you know, he, he was spouting off this week about, oh, he, you know, his spokesperson, Ernest. Yeah. Yes, he went out there and yeah, very, very conventional, Obama you know, is, no, didn't say anything wrong, didn't pretend, say anything great. No, but you know? Obama, Obama is very determined to pretend that this was not a major attack on us, on our freedoms, on free speech. He won. He needs to pretend that he needs to. And mm-hmm. he's doing a good job. And also, yeah. he mentioned Iran this past week. Yes. He was and, 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 Town, I believe, dismissing Rand in, in some of way. Of course. Yeah. I mean, I, I love I love that he feels he has to mention. Oh, yeah. her. I think that is a that tremendously is tremendously Rand good sign. So but even, I think even the scum have to mention. Him. But I, I think it's really ominous that you have a president going out there talking about the way in which Fox News is supposed to be reporting, yeah. and that something needs to be done about it. Because this, again, you know, coming from somebody who's in government, this is a threat. Um, and you think about this, sorry, one thing also, sorry, he's criticizing Fox News, who've been, who has been lame about this issue, completely lame about the, about, about the enemy, about the, about the threat Garland, but that's not good enough. You know well, but, and, and in the this, he was talking, talking he was talking more about his, he was talking about the way that they report as basically not helping him make his case for his egalitarian nihilist yeah, policies. But, yeah, but he has fellow Islamophiles there. He should be happy. Course. He has fellow Islamophiles there. Bill O'Reilly yeah. is on board with him, with his Islamophilia. Yeah. Um, the, other, the other thing that Obama came out with this week, which was just horrible, was he was referring to people in the United States who are successful as having, quote, won the lottery. Mm. And so that basically you, you all didn't these, build that again. yeah, you didn't build that. All these people who won the lottery, uh, they should be paying more. And of course they're going to be forced to pay more if he has anything to say about it. But it, this idea that if you are a success, you have not done anything to deserve it. All you've done really is win the lottery. This needs to be challenged. And this is, if you remember several weeks ago, I was talking, we were talking about Ted Cruz and talking about the fact that he had mentioned Rawls, looking at things through a Rawlsian lens. I think Ted Cruz needs to be very, very careful if he's ever going to invoke Rawls, because this line of argument, this lottery thing is straight out of Rawls. Rawls has a basic premise that the things that have made people a success in life 
are characteristics that are accidents of birth. They're things that you were born with that you didn't, quote, deserve, and that somehow the job of ethics and politics is to redistribute according to all these things that you didn't deserve so that you can make the least well-off better off. I think, you know, the, I think the and, random and, influence will, will, will keep his Rawls influence in check. I really do. Well, so right, but if, he, record, but if he right. but he invokes Rawls rhetorically and he needs to stop it, he yeah, really he does. He did it once. He did it once. Right. I haven't heard him do it, do it since. But also one thing, Ted Cruz, uh, I didn't see him really defend free speech this week. I didn't see him say anything strong about Garland, but there was one little quote that he gave. He was at a, at a conference, a talk, and he said right. that, the, that the cops sent those two guys to the 72 virgins. A little, you know, just enough to say, all right, good. That's a, that's a good line. That's a good way of putting it. You know, he sent the two scumbags to their to their alleged dreams, you know, yeah, to, Mar- to the reason why they do what they do. Mary here in the chat room says, I won the lottery of life by having the parents I did. I done the rest. And, of course, that is super true. And there are many people yeah. who are born, and I assume you had excellent parents, and I'm, I'm glad that you did. There are many people who are born to great parents and don't do the rest. And so of course there's that, but, but here's the, the deeper point. And this is really the answer to Obama's you won the lottery thing too. I mean, first of all, it's, it's what Mary said that the mere fact that you're born into a certain situation doesn't guarantee that you're going to do anything with it. Human beings have free will and anybody who takes what they are given and runs with it is you know, to be congratulated and deserves every bit that they've got. But then people always talk about, well, what if you weren't born with those good parents? Or, you know, what if you were born, there's this horrible situation in Nepal and all these different things, right? Um, You know, is that a moral, you know, kind of like a, a mortgage on everybody else around you who wasn't born into a bad situation, right? Um and and this is the the argument that Rawls makes. Rawls says, look, those people who are born in good situations, they didn't do anything to deserve being born into that good situation. And so therefore, we need to redistribute to make up to others the fact that they weren't born into that good situation. Or in fact, they might have been born into a very bad situation. And Ayn Rand's answer is unique in this regard. And this is something that I hope Ted Cruz will study up on. It is the issue of this, that the if if you were born into a certain situation yeah you didn't do anything to quote deserve it but there is actually no moral significance at all to an accident of birth or you know not an accident but a fact of birth um really everything is caused out there right so it's it's not like uh, everything's caused except for human choice so you know the fact that you're born to certain parents that was not an accident it was caused but there's no moral significance to it right this is just due to facts of nature facts about the world you know the the that there were two major earthquakes in Nepal there was only two right i don't know if there were more um I don't know. you know this is this is just something that nature dishes out that happens and there's no moral significance to it now you could say that somebody who winds up in you know a victim of a horrible situation like that they are there through no fault of their own and of course they are very worthy recipients of charity so that's great but do they actually constitute a mortgage on you 
from a moral perspective? And Rand would say no. Why? Because you have to differentiate very explicitly between what you call the metaphysically given, things that just are, and the man-made, which are things that we actually have had some agency in, right? So what you've done with your gifts and attributes and everything, you are worthy, you know, you either get praise for it or condemnation. Um, but what you're actually born with is something that you're just born with. And you should neither be condemned or taxed or anything just because of things that just happened to you. Those have no moral significance. The things that have moral significance are actions caused by human agency. So this idea that Rawls sets up a whole ethical obligation for everybody based on things, you know, the ways that people are just born into good or bad situations is entirely wrong thinking. And that's what's behind Obama's, you know, it's, oh, it's just about the lottery, you know, if you you succeed, all you do is, oh yeah. No, no, it's an injustice to Americans. It, It really is. And that's, that's what the evil scumbag likes to do. Take the credit away from those who've done their work, who did what they have to do, and and who got a leg up. And they're to be condemned. And he no, never I got mean, a leg up. This guy. Well, and and the fact the fact that anybody's able to succeed in to you know today's regulatory environment and economy yeah. is is amazing and wonderful. Yeah. Oh, actually, um, do you have a question? You want me to go ahead and try to take it real quick here? Question or comment? Let's see. Hello? Hi, you're live. You're on the air. Who's this? Hi, it's Stuart. Hi, Stuart. Thanks for calling in. How are you? Hi. Yeah, I'm doing great. Aloha from Hawaii. I, I want to Aloha. say that... Aloha. I want to say that um, people have this very ahistorical notion when they say, well, if someone inherits a billion dollars, that's an injustice because other people didn't inherit a billion dollars. What I say right. is if you inherit if you inherit a billion dollars, that is a consequence of people's choices and it is a form of justice because like well they say it's unfair Paris Hilton inherits a billion dollars. She didn't do anything. But the way I see it, her great grandfather, Conrad Hilton, um wanted to earn a big fortune and leave it to his descendants to take care of them. And he did right. that by building a great by providing lots of uh, good lodging services for which people willingly gave him money. So the way I see it, when Paris Hilton inherits a billion dollars, that's not a reward to her for, you know, being lazy and doing nothing. It's a just reward to Conrad Hilton for earning the money that by providing people services for which they willingly paid him. Right. You know, right. So the way I see but, it. But, but you know, the way, the, way that Rawls, the way that Rawls tries to see it is, well... Paris didn't do anything to, in particular to be born to these people. And I didn't do anything in particular to be born to my, you know, middle class to lower middle class parents or whatever. So why wasn't I born into the fabulously wealthy situation? You see what I mean? So yeah, that, so, so, the, so they, they look they look at it from the perspective of her. They say, well, look, Paris, you didn't do anything to deserve to be born to those people. Now, it is true that whoever was born in that situation is somebody whom her grandfather would have wanted to take care of and reward, et cetera, with, his, with the fruits of his productivity. So obviously, 
the, you know, the money was earned and he deserves completely to distribute it as he sees fit. But, you know, Rawls will always look at it from that perspective, you know, this, what, what he would call so-called accidents of, of birth. You know, you, you just happen to be born in that situation. You didn't do anything to be born. But it, I mean, it is the case that people are born to parents and then they don't choose, you know, to either be born or be born to particular parents. That is how life is. That doesn't create any sort of moral obligation on anybody else. It's not, it's not a moral thing. It's, it's a factual thing. It's something, you know, it's, it's the way that life works, right? Yes. And I think that people who um, resent people who inherit a lot of money, they don't understand that if someone inherits a lot of money and holds on to that fortune, that person did earn it because many heirs are complete wastrels. Um, a good example, I think, is Barbara Hutton, who inherited the great Woolworth fortune. She inherited over $40 million, but she spent all the money. She didn't manage her finances. And when she died, she had less than $1,000 in her bank account. Oh, and, my gosh. Wow. Yes, and um, there's, there was an article. I don't know it off the top of my head, but I can find it later and email it to anyone who wants it. But they said that when the Vanderbilt family uh, had a family reunion in the, ni- in the 1970s, there wasn't a millionaire among them. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's, that is really, really sad. And I mean, it is true that a lot of people who inherit money don't know exactly what to do with it. And I do think, isn't it true that Paris Hilton has done some good in terms of making some money on her own through various endeavors that we may or may not endorse? Yes, that's true. Yeah. We're not going to necessarily be excited about it, but she has done some things that have resulted in income. <laughs> yeah. Notice I'm not calling them productive. Um, a- anything else, Stuart? We're getting towards the end of our time here this evening. Um, well, uh, I wanted to say that I, I remember you and Boss talked about it back in December when the, the whole thing with the interview, where people thought that the movie, the interview, uh, caused um, retaliation from North Korea. And I remember President Obama said, well, he stands up for free speech, and he thinks Tony should not have capitulated. You know, and I agreed with that. But where is President Obama now with this whole no- well, Obama cartoon situation? One thing, Stuart, that was after the fact, so he was safe to say it. It was after the fact, after they, they already capitulated, so he was safe to say, well, they, they shouldn't have. He would have, right. to, he would have told them to capitulate, but since they did... Then he can come out and say, you know what, they shouldn't have. So he's an absolute hypocrite. I think all these people who claim to support free speech in the case of the interview are completely silent about the Muhammad cartoons. I think this shows how phony they are. If they had any integrity, they would be consistent. Yeah. Yes. Yes, they would. And one last thing also, the enemy doesn't want us to draw Muhammad. Barack Obama doesn't want us to draw Muhammad. Washington at large and the media. So guys, Draw Muhammad, and if you can't, share Muhammad drawings. Yeah. Or, I, you know you know what I did once? I dressed up my dog as Muhammad. <laughs> That's right. That's I need right. to share that picture again. I need to share that picture again. That was fun. Um, we should also name our pet pigs Muhammad. I didn't catch that? Yeah, you should also name a pet pig Muhammad. Oh, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Excellent. Excellent. Well, thank you, Stuart, for calling in. Thank and you. also, 
Um, Bosch, thank you for you calling in this evening. Um, any right. final words before we sign off here? Uh, that's it. Uh, freedom of speech is under assault. Right. You know, yep. just, just speak out, speak out, speak out in any way that you can. Yeah. If you, if you hold, fight, fight if you, if you hold, if you hold freedom of expression as a value, which most of us here in the United States still do, the virtue of integrity requires acting in accordance with that value, which means speak out, express to the extent that you can out there well, while we still have freedom. Also, People have come up to me and they said, rah, 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 excellent, excellent, excellent. And then when I criticize Fox News, F you. So there's a contingent out there that is completely pro-Fox News, more so than free speech, which is pathetic. But it's out there. Yeah. I, th I think they don't want to be so, as disappointed with Fox as they should be, unfortunately. Right. You're, you're right. Fox, some, Fox, but, sometimes, but some people Fox sometimes does a lot of good. And I think that's well, look, why look, people have to that's, that's why I criticize them, because the fact is they're the only ones who give the truth somewhat of a chance. The right. only major news network. And to do this, it's a sellout to the enemy. It's a sellout. And they blew it. Um, and there's no way, well, there's no going back from this. Before before we I'll go let, here, they show it. right, right. Before we go here, Bosch, tell people how they can help you if if uh, if they want to. Uh, well, go to my blog. I have uh, all my work there, all my comics. I have a donate button. I have my uh, Muhammad cartoon. I have all my Muhammad cartoons. I have what over 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 twenty. So if you if you like my work, if you if you wanted to get my work and never have yet, my uh, um, my pigment series, the infidel, try it out. I think you'll really enjoy it. Um, and tell them tell them the blog. Story. What what's the blog URL it's, again? Uh, it, it's Faustin dot blogspot dot com. Faustin dot blogspot dot com. And Faustin is spelled F A W, F A W S T I N. Okay. And Thank my blog is uh, myblogsdontletitgo.com. If you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at Amy Peacock, or you can follow the Don't Let It Go on her page on Facebook. Everyone, we will be back uh, next Friday, 8 p.m. Pacific time, 11 p.m. Eastern time, and right here on Blog Talk Radio. Thanks, everyone, for joining in, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Take care, everyone.